Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury free and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts, I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. All right, here we go. Maggie, how's it going? Marley, I'm great. How are you? I wouldn't say I'm great, but I'm good. Okay. All right. What can, like, how can we bring that up? What do you need? I just have you had headache. water today? I know I definitely did not drink enough water and I got my hair cut and they always put like smelly products in even when I asked them not mm. to and so okay. like I got home and showered immediately but it, the damage was done and now I'm dealing with a headache but that okay. is okay because I'm really excited for tonight's podcast pod po- oh my whoa <laughs> tonight's podcast guest dang yes me too yeah that's um, easy for me to say yeah do you want to read their bio or do you want me to read it I would love to read their bio please and then we will bring him into the conversation and start. It'll the party. be great. Yeah. Party. I love it. Uh, well, tonight with us, we have Andrew Schneider. 
Uh, and Andrew is the founder of Party Size Cycling, uh, part apparel company, part New Jersey cycling gang. And basically, they host chill rides, make chill stuff. Uh, Andrew himself is a fat cyclist, a major advocate of the adventure life lifestyle, and the do-it-yourself ethos. So we we like most of that stuff. I think I, think I like we- do-it-yourself sometimes. <laughs> I think we like all of that. I'm going to make a real quick connection, correction. It's the adventure oh. light lifestyle. I said um, the wrong thing. It's okay. It's. I think it's a, I don't know. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hey, Woo! how's it going? Let, let's start there. What is Thanks the adventure light lifestyle? Yeah. I think uh, it was something I heard during like a pre-ride spiel one time that uh, somebody described riding in the Northeast as adventure light, meaning like you're never more than half an hour from a house you know you know there's like a lot you're never really and truly in danger as opposed to you out west coast right you're in the desert you're in the mountains yeah. like stuff goes wrong out there you know okay life and death we we don't have that around here so but i've i've adopted that to more of that of just like hey uh maybe mountain biking down super steep stuff is is not for me but i like chunky stuff and riding over weird things but you know not at the risk of like falling off the side of a cliff and into a river you know like or worse so so that's the i like to call the uh i've co-opted it uh from that person the adventure light lifestyle but I, I love like that. Yeah. Yep. I might co-opt it from you. Um, because I feel much the same. I way. didn't make it up, so go for it. I think it was actually Ronnie <laughs> Romance that did it like a, a pre-nutmeg spiel. And I don't even think he meant to declare it as like a way of life, but it really has stuck with me for like a good three years now, I think. Yeah. Dang, I that resonates really deeply with me because yeah. I, I also have one quick connect correction I have to make before I forget this other thing. I Please. think a couple of the other guests have credited me on this podcast with the eventing party pace the term i that is not me <laughs> i just need to set the record straight okay um i think i'm gonna guess it was russ um, i think so yeah russ from pathless pedaled that's the first place i heard it but i i appreciate the sentiment and i certainly have embraced that that as well but uh, i am not the originator of that saying just just want to make sure i'm on the record just i love it clearing the air we're learning um, so many things tonight already yeah yeah just putting it out there so russ from pathless pedaled also Andrew is a subscriber to the Adventure Light lifestyle, but does not claim any ownership over that, um, which is great. You know, nobody needs to own these terms. It's just they're just descriptions of life. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. Um, you told us a little bit about who you are. You're the founder of Party Size Cycling. You're a self-proclaimed fat cyclist. You live in New Jersey. Um, what else? Who are you? What do you do? Uh, I my my. I have a boring desk job as my day in day out, which is how I'm able to sort of get some of the party size stuff done. That's my sort of, uh, everybody else spends, you know, 10 minutes on Facebook. I spend 10 minutes trying to create a new product to, to hawk on there, like updating the website or trying to come up with a fun ride. Right. So like, that's my, my downtime. Um, I'm a dad, I got an eight year old and, uh, we, we go on some, some good rides. He's done 20 miles with me which I thought was pretty impressive for an eight-year-old. And uh, that's very impressive. I love a good hang. That's, that's really what I'm, what I'm about. Nice. Very cool. Um, You know, it's funny, all bodies on bikes and all, a lot of my blogging started much the same way, Um, you know, kind of in between projects or, um, you know, had a really productive two hours. Cool. I'm going to fuck off for 20 minutes. Um, 
sometimes I forget we have the explicit rating, so I'm just going to take advantage of it. Uh, you know what? I, that was something I meant to ask is, as previously <laughs> discussed, I'm from New Jersey. It was going to come out one way or the other. So like, I'm glad that I'm not going to be the only oh, one. Oh yeah. I already dropped the first F-bomb of the episode. So. All right. Huge, yeah. huge weight on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we dive too deep into party size cycling, um, yeah. you, I think you might be one of the first larger bodied men that we've had okay. on the show. Um, so I would just love to dig into that a little yeah, bit. Um, so, you know, you ride a lot of bikes, you're self-proclaimed fat man. Mm-hmm. What are some of the unique challenges you've experienced because of that? Yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing for me and especially, so I'm in a like sort of a weird spot where. Um, I am big, but not necessarily tall. I'm not short, but I'm an average heighted person who's just built weird. Um, so like there's a lot of bigger men cyclists who are very powerful and can do lots of amazing things and are, uh, not that slow. Uh, I am not. <laughs> so I, I think I like to make a big, there's like a distinction between like teehee I'm slow and like, no, I'm slow. Like I'm, <laughs> you're going to be waiting for me lots if we're going on a group ride. Um, so that, that is definitely something I think that is, I don't think it's unique to being a male, but I think that's just like unique to being in a large, larger frame than your sort of like size or legs. So that's so the one thing, I mean, there's a lot of bad advice out there as well. I think, um, what's some bad t- advice you've gotten just tire pressure. Right. So that's like probably a mm. big thing is, you come across people that are, that are good at it. And like, it's actually usually a way I can tell whether a bike shop is is a good shop or not, like, or whether the person's like sort of going to give me good advice. Right. Because if they're talking about just putting the same tire, that 150 pound rider, or even the 200 pound rider is going to put in their bike. I can't do that. Right. Like I'm going to be pinch flatting. I'm going to be having problems with my rims, probably like, you know, problems there. So speaking of rims, I would say that's probably the other the big thing and again these aren't male things necessarily right but um just you know being 300 plus pounds is just the rims that you're using you're not going to be using those lightweight felt like you know carbon rims you're looking at like um they're not sexy rims at all but like the Ed, alex adventure twos are like i have uh had a pair of those on my main bike and with like 36 spoke so good spoke count but nothing crazy and I don't know if they've ever even intrude and they're still fine. And I take that bike on all sorts of crazy stuff that is not supposed to be going on. <laughs> and I've never had a problem with those rims. So like there's a, a good recommendation for bigger folks out there. And those are cheap, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yes. We'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but yeah. um, I love hearing you go off on um, tire pressure. Cause yeah. that is a huge pet peeve of mine. You know, you'll be at these expos and brands will have, charts of rider weight and psi and it's like it the highest limit is like 250 and i'm like cool what about all my friends who weigh more than that are they just you know not supposed to put in air Uh, don't get me started on uh (laughs) on four air forks right like the the chart only goes up to the 250 i'm like well the the bike is rated for more than 250 so what are are we (laughs) how did you stop there come on yeah yeah and that's that's a lot of the work we're trying to do with all bodies on bikes um yeah it's just having those conversations and making people aware that yes, there are 350 pound people riding bikes, going long distances or short distances, getting rowdy, having adventures, that sort of thing. So yeah, go off on that tire pressure. Um, yeah. What other challenges? <laughs> like, um, you know, do you have issues with clothing or? Yeah. Um, I, 
for a long time had resisted traditional cycling clothing and almost almost like to a to a uh, to prove a point um so have done like the the gap and see you like longer five day tours and stuff like that no cycling specific anything you know whatsoever like a pair of shorts and uh i found at some point there was like a company that was making like big and tall tech button-ups that i found were really good they don't make them anymore so i won't even shout them out um but like really just kind of getting out there and just doing it and i think that was a big early thing with like uh, sort of the thing that was drawing people to our instagram at least right was like hey i'm sort of i i don't it got to the point where i'm like i don't care what rafa is doing i don't care that rafa doesn't have bigger sizes i don't care that whatever but because i don't need that and i'm just going to ride whatever i'm i've come around and questioned questioning conventional cycling wisdom and have come around to to bibs in general um so found some some good bib companies i like Fat lad at the back has a, a bib that is very solid, uh, not too long. Um, Aerotech has them also, but is not, I don't, it's not as good, frankly. I, yeah, that's fair. They have them and they they have a much larger breadth of size, I would say, than Fat lad at the back, but they're just not the, they, um, they're a little longer and more designed for like a little bit of a tall person. Um, I kind of got lost in a train of thought here. What where were we <laughs> supposed we're just, to go back You were to? talking about clothing brands and actually I love oh, that. Yeah. Any- any other brands you'd recommend? Um, um, brands I'd recommend. Uh, no, I mean, I'll not. be honest. I, I use the, um, the shirt that I have from like coaching youth soccer. Cause it's like a tech material. That's the shirt that I wear as a base layer when I'm riding and throw babies on over that. And I'll just throw a t-shirt or something on. So, um, ride what you got. Don't wait. Yep. Um, you know, I, I will say I appreciate some of the work that you particularly Marley have done with like Perlazumi. I don't know how much you had a hand in that, but um like they their windbreaker, um, I forget what it's called. It's the green it's green one, it's great. Um, that was nice to actually have. I also bought that Osprey pack too, which I cannot say enough good things about. That's the first time I ever had a pack that fit. Um, so really appreciate some of the work you're doing there. Um thank you. Yeah, you know, like, I guess that's the one, if I could have one takeaway as well as as nice as it is that some brands have come around, like, don't get hung up on it. That's the thing that's going to be the difference between riding and not just ride. Yep. Whatever. Um, If real bibs are a price, you know, uh, prohibitor for you trying that, if you really feel like, hey, I've ridden my butt really needs the bibs, like, you can get cheapo bike shorts on Amazon for a couple bucks and they're really... They'll get you by, you know, until you really decide whether or not this is something you want to invest a lot of money in. Yeah, I like that advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's talk about the bike that you have taken places that it shouldn't have gone. Um, <laughs> what what bike are you riding? Tell us about it. I I'm a big proponent for for bigger folks of using touring bikes. So I my main quiver killer is the the Surly Disc Trucker, which again, not the sexiest bike in the world, not the most uh, aerodynamic or or uh, light frankly but that bike has hold up it has a dented top tube i take that thing on all sorts of rocks and trails and um i mean i know that they they definitely i have the newer one the 2020 that they expanded the tire size so i can get good solid 42s on there um which i don't think you were really able to in a lot of touring bikes before that uh but just with that like i've been able to pretty much ride almost anything other than like true true mountain biking trails so 
just did uh the while well, we can curse the fall fuck around got to shout that out from uh <laughs> hush money bikes and so there was some some chunky gnarly stuff we were on like a mile or two just on the side of a a, a, a railroad like thing like so the those rocks that are the huge huge things hands, sure are, you know, yeah big bouldery <laughs> chunks and went through that just fine uh, i would say the one thing that that uh is key though is i've fallen into the trap of the 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 supple tire um brands which i love and they look great and they're nice but i've had more problems with those lighter mm-hmm. tires and frankly just like some i always say never wrong terravail terravail whatever it is terravail um like washburns have been fine the surly extraterrestrials that came on the disc trucker were got me i think i got three thousand miles out of those dang Wild amazing stuff. yeah and like but meanwhile i love ron i love the ultra dynamicos they they feel great but i don't think i even got a thousand miles out of those before i had to start mm-hmm. scrapping them so yeah it's funny um back in the day i tried a bunch of the the renee hearse tires mm-hmm. the supple because everybody was they loved them supple the baby life, shoe, yeah the baby shoe pass <laughs> and it terms. turns out supple life doesn't work when you're over no. 250 pounds yeah. like there's so. just no such thing as supple my body's supple I, you, I you think you supple? The, touch me. The difference is I feel like as a bigger person, you make that tire supple, right? Like you will put the amount of weight on it to give it the flex. <laughs> you, if it's already flexing on a normal, uh, you know, person and giving you that cushion, bad sign when you're going to literally, you know, sometimes double the weight of a, of a of another rider and throw it on that same tire. So yeah, hundred percent. And I wish there was a way to explain that besides like just kind of being like, no, they just don't work for me. And oh, yeah. people, in my experience, people in smaller bodies just don't get it. Um, which how can they be expected to? I would be concerned if the same tire that was good for a 150 pound person was good for a 310 pound person, right? Like there, there should be different stuff. And I think that's a big thing too, is into sort of kind of sidetrack into the other side of party size cycling, right? Is the making stuff in that I wanted to make stuff that was focused on bigger first. Like we also sell smaller sizes, but like we design logos that fit and look good on a 5XL primarily. So we start there and then, hey, if the small doesn't look as good, that's a bummer for some of my smaller friends, but like we want to make sure that the 5XL looks great. The 3XL looks great. That's probably, you know, uh, the the thing that I, that's my size. So I really try to make sure that looks good on 3XL. Um, but yeah, it, it just across the board, you can't expect the same thing to work for, all different sizes you kind of need to have some different stuff and that's why it's nice that some brands are recognizing that and like that osprey pack for example right like putting out a big person specific not a smaller one that hey they just threw another buckle on but like this is designed around a big person primarily and that's really nice yeah how i how incredible was it to like put that pack on and be like i can just buckle buckle yeah yeah (laughs) like you don't have to suck in you don't have to like contort your body all weird like it just works and like no yeah it's it's pretty darn incredible. I'm the first time I put it on. I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" I, I don't know about you, but anytime you're you're using something like that, I immediately just undo the buckles to the fullest. Oh yeah, this or we're a good foot too long, you know. So it's like uh, that was a weird experience that I've never never ever had with anything with the buckle before. Same when we were doing some of the photo shoots, they wanted me to like unbuckle and rebuckle a bunch of times, and they were like, "Can you just?" reach a little further and I was like no this is as far as my arms go like <laughs> I think the osprey pack in particular it goes up to 70 inches at the waist mm-hmm. and my wingspan is not 70 inches um so I just like legitimately could not even reach far enough um yeah. it's a good problem to have I think so uh, yeah I'm happy 
Well, do you want to dig into party size cycling since we touched on it a little bit? We're, yeah, we're jumping around yeah. a little bit, but what is party size cycling? That's a good question, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Even writing the bio, I, I had a I, I was I had to rewrite it a few times. I went with less is more, but um, I it's it's hard to describe. I you know to explain how it started, right? So, um, couple couple friends were we just started riding on Friday night. It's the only time we could get away. Um, all of us had kids. They're all in bed. Like Friday night was the night we can get out and we could ride together. So we turned it into a night riding thing. And then sort of came up shopping through names, want to make some shirts. I've, I'm always like something about me is I'm always going to take whatever the thing is I'm doing. And I can't just passively do it. I have to get involved. I have to make a thing. I have to, you know, uh, in college, I was the one throwing shows that you know had 200 people at our house like at a basement show type of thing like can't just go to shows or live there i have to put on shows I have to do the stuff i have to create community so um worked with my friend evan and he came up with sort of our initial design and actually the party size came from a bag of popcorn we the original name and i've talked about this a few times on instagram was going to be shammy boys uh, with b-o-i-s which was problematic for a couple of reasons and uh so we scrapped that but there is a there is a design out there that has Shammy Boys as the logo. We don't party size. As soon as it came out of my mouth, it was just like that fits. That's it. Um, so then from there, uh, I honestly probably would have just been a thing that was just a couple of us in the neighborhood riding bikes until I posted a picture of myself with a shirt off at the end of that tour that I talked about earlier. The the CNO tour, uh, given the blast in the middle fingers with my shirt off, like at the mile zero marker, like you know. Um, and so immediately <laughs> my, our little just like Instagram for our local neighborhood rides turned into like, okay, there's attention on us and there's this thing. And that had enabled me to then do some things that I really wanted to do, which is make shirts that I wanted, make hats that I wanted, make just stuff that I want that um, was really unfeasible to do at a onesie twosie level. Uh, but, you know, having a, a slightly larger following than enabled us to be able to to do this. And what we found out was, hey, everybody's into this stuff or everybody appreciates this. Not everybody, but enough people that we've been able to sort of attract some attention. And so that sort of side of the the what party size is taken off. And I, I don't know how to balance the two. I feel like uh, people that live in California don't care about the local night rides and People local a lot of times don't care about the really bikey stuff. And then I have a whole big weird metal hardcore stuff that I post all the time. And I don't know, I don't know who that's for, but I just, I don't know. Party size cycling is just a vehicle to kind of do whatever I want. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Um, so I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's, that's, that's a great answer. answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, sounds like you're, I mean, that's honestly what all bodies on bikes started as was like, I want to talk about these things that are important to me. And now, of course, it's grown to this nonprofit. And I've had, I have a board to report to and I keep it, keep party size cycling. I, I mean, like I do remember thing. the, uh, your like Friday afternoons with rides during the pandemic. I was on, yeah. uh, we had some conversation then. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think I would say, you know, what you were doing is definitely an inspiration. Like that's, we came to become a thing around, around that time. Right. So, so are your group size still, or excuse me, are your group rides still happening? Yeah. Yeah. We go pretty much around. I'll take a break sometimes in January and February and just do the virtual rides. So if anybody out there, uh, speaking of virtual rides, so we do 
Wednesday nights during the winter, we have a Discord, and then we that's really all we use it for. It's not really an active Discord besides that, but we will do um, just virtual group rides. You don't have to have a trainer. You don't have to have Zwift. Just show up. Uh, we had somebody literally on a stationary bike uh, join the one the one week and um, just kind of talk and have fun and just try to make it like one of our outside rides, but there. So, you know, nobody's paying attention to how fast anybody's going or, or who's where just just kind of pedal and talk. Love that. Oh, I was going to make Maggie ask a question, but they're back. No, she's joking. Okay. You okay? I'm, I'm okay. fine. I'm just, I can call 911 from across the country, but thank you. Yes. I hope I don't need to <laughs> just send somebody from Arkansas to North Carolina. It'll be great. It'll go so fast. Um, so the group rides you were just talking about the virtual ones are, so y- do y'all just like do a zoom call? So on Discord, it's basically a Zoom call. There's a channel on there, and then you can um, do just video or, or I'm sorry, just audio or audio and video. It's a little bit more fun if everybody's on video. We get not everybody has a good setup for that. Um, and then, so we do have a Zwift club. Um, so we'll post an event on there. So that way, like everybody, if you want to, can do that. Um, but you don't have to, like I said, it can be just, if you, Hey, if you got rollers, if you got an exercise bike, if you got whatever you got, just kind of show up. I like if that. you're okay with that, can we put a link to the, your Zwift club in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. I'll send that over. Cool. Yeah. I remember my first, it was during the pandemic and I was just learning about discord and still in my brain, I think it's like a weird concept of like, we're just going to breathe heavy and be on camera for each other. <laughs> And I know it's more than that. I know like there's lots of stories that get shared and everybody's breathing heavy, but it's still mm-hmm. just like in my brain, such a weird, funny thing that like, of course, cyclists <laughs> would do this. Like, why wouldn't we? So we're a special, uh, unique group of human people, you know, <laughs> the things that we're into. Uh, what would you say personally uh, makes party size cycling like unique to the cycling world? What makes it stand out? Um, you know, I, the funny thing is, I don't think we are that unique. I think there's a lot of other groups around the, the country, at least, that are doing that. I think of like Swelter Cycling down in Tampa. Um, there's Action Wheels, a bike shop that's uh, about an hour away. They're doing lots of like kind of the same type of interesting things. Uh, Grizzly Cycles out in California. I think. Because and the reason I say that is because I don't want you people that are listening to this to feel like oh I don't live in the place where this exists, mm. um, so I can't do this or this doesn't exist. And frankly, if it doesn't, just make it happen. That's what I did. But uh, I think there is more than the, I think there are chill groups out there. I think they're just harder to find because they're not as popular, frankly, because a lot of people that uh, do that don't like riding fast or don't like riding aggressively, don't like group rides or don't like you know they. It happens time and time again when somebody finds out about us locally, they'll be like, I didn't know this existed. And I've been riding by myself for years or for, you know, whatever and doing this stuff. I didn't realize other people did it too around here. So, um, but, so that's a cop-out answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think it's fun. Like, I think that that is what makes us different is just a pure unbridled love of fun. Um, Early on, there was some anger and there were some things that I had a voice finally, and I was trying to, make some points but i think really what i it boiled down to is that that isn't who i am and that's not what i wanted this to be about so you know for example i've really 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 tried hard this year my like new year's resolution was to especially online not yuck anybody's yum 
um, which is a saying that I came across last year and really love. And then really, really been trying to not like point out negative things or, or shit talk anything and really just try to be a very positive force out there, especially in, you know, um, on Instagram, which is a platform that can, that cannot be sometimes. And, and mm-hmm. as you know, I, I'm sure what you both know and experience. So yeah, I, don't know, I think that's, that's what makes it party size cycling a little you more unique, but I think what I, yeah, like I said, the takeaway is there's probably a party size cycling type thing around you. Um, you just got to find it. Yeah. And if not start it. Yeah. 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 Um, well, actually I want to dig in a little bit of this cause I've been very curious on like the Instagram, um, with your, your night rides. What is, what is a night ride typical or what are your, what do your rides look like? You know, let's talk mileage pace. Like, are you re yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're regrouping. Um, yes. well, but- uh, sometimes we don't ever ungroup to regroup, but <laughs> fair. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the number of people. Uh, but that's a, that's a great point. So, um, you, what I like to say when people ask me about it is it is a uh, sub 10 mile an hour ride. I would like to say we have a policy of like no one rides alone. So it's not just no drop, right? Because no drop is, can still suck, <laughs> frankly. When you're riding at the back and you get to the front and even if they, you know, uh, even in like, you know, the, I've been on rides at no drop and they, they'll wait and they'll make sure you have time to catch up. But it, it's a, it's still riding by yourself and it's so lonely. I really, what I really try to do is lead from the back which is challenging, but it helps. I have a couple people that I trust that sort of lead the front and sort of know where to regroup or we'll talk through. And we'll sort of at those sort of points, we'll say, okay, next stop, we're going to stop at the big bridge. We'll stop at the train station. We'll stop at the entrance of the gorge. We'll stop at certain landmarks that that the people that ride know. Um, I think that's important, but leading from the back is a skill set. And um, it also, you can see the people on the right. When you're in the front, you're leading from the front. You can't see what everybody else is doing. You're in the back. You can see this person's struggling. This person's not having a good time. This person stopped. They had a mechanical. Somebody's dropped and they had a mechanical, even though you're waiting for them. That doesn't help them, right? Mm-hmm. So in the back, you can control a lot more of that stuff. And you can also, if you're in cab communication, you know, I'll often say like, take a few off the top, right? Like we have some secondhand little things that just the person in the front will kind of know. Um you know, I'm, I I would like to ask you all because you all probably run some some bigger rides than I do. I still struggle with the how to handle like varying skill sets in a ride and how to make it fun for everyone. You know what I mean? Because there are some nights where I'm like, all right, hey, there's six people, there's three people that drove an hour to come out here and they want to ride the the cooler stuff, not the cooler stuff, but like the more interesting stuff that we have. And there's a person that hasn't, you know, that isn't as comfortable in that. And like, how do you, how do you balance that and make sure that the person mm-hmm. that drove an hour to come out to experience this thing, um, kind of gets their time worth too, right? So I don't know. You all have any? What are, what are you? I don't know if you have a chance to talk about this enough, but what, what do you? Yeah, all? I've actually been thinking about this a lot because, um, I mean, all of our rides we try and keep under ten miles an hour, oftentimes mm-hmm. even slower than that. And sometimes I'm like, is this too slow? But I always come around to, no, the people who need it are going to come to our rides and, you know, just making sure that the vibes are good, setting those expectations at the beginning of like, Hey, if you're here to rip your legs off, this is not the right ride for you. Um, and really just making it more about the community and the conversation than necessarily the ride. Um, I think another thing that we're trying to lean more into is that 
just because we're bigger doesn't necessarily mean we're all beginners. And so it's yeah. okay to have some longer rides, some more challenging rides, as long as you communicate those expectations at the beginning. So folks know if it's an appropriate ride for them. Um, so yeah, I don't have a good answer. Um, it's definitely yeah, something I think, that that I think about a, a lot. That is a good answer. That is. Um... Yeah. Maggie's our Charlotte chapter leader. I don't know. Do you have anything to add? I don't. I think the one thing with it, I believe people that come out for all bodies on bikes rides, and I would expect people that come out for something called party size cycling rides, <laughs> is most of those folks are going to be feeding off of the energy of the fat. If the new person is having fun or the person who's riding some of the more like beginner stuff or like I had somebody ask me recently if I'm out biking, I was like, girl, I'm slow, but I love it. Let's do it. If you're all right with slow, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and I think that most of the people that are coming out for our rides if you're having fun i'm having fun because i just want to know that i'm outside with somebody else that enjoys moving on a bicycle as much as i enjoy moving on a bicycle mm -hmm. um, but i think when you're in a leadership position it's easy to be like oh is everybody what who's gonna especially if you have a social media presence because you're used to people being like well you didn't do this um but yeah i think just doing the thing and involving people and letting them see other people have fun yeah. on a bike ends up just balancing it all out. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I think too, it's also important to, so if you are listening to this and you're not comfortable with group rides and that's the reason why you haven't maybe come out to something or gone to something, I think um, group rides aren't necessarily for everybody. And that, that is, I think is an important thing too. And if you are not, if you are personally not confident in what you're doing on a bike, a group ride might not even as chill as it is, or even as common as it might not actually be the best place to get into this, right? What you might be better off doing is calling up a friend mm -hmm. that rides and do a couple rides just with that one person. You'll get some of those things out. You'll get to ask some of those questions. You might be a little worried about like embarrassing yourself in front of a larger group on one-on-one -on -one with somebody a little bit easier before then joining the group ride. And, you know, it, it helps if that person is somebody that goes to go to a group ride with them, right? And they'll help help you with that so i think that's an important thing to do too because i think people look to some of these and are be like oh i'm gonna go and it's gonna be the most amazing thing i've ever done if you're not comfortable like doesn't matter how slow you're going like you're saying it's not about beginner or, you know if you're going on a ride that's gonna have some chunky stuff and you're not comfortable on that that might not be the right ride for you you gotta know that going in so yeah yeah and also i love your point that like not everybody loves group rides i mean if i'm I hate using the word training, but if I'm like preparing for a longer ride, I don't want to be doing those on, in a group. I want to take yeah. my time. I want to, um, I want to do my own thing. And I think mm -hmm. there's a time and a place for all of that and just yep. being okay with it. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming something here, but I'm going to just be comfortable with it. Uh, that there have probably been some shenanigans on uh, some party size cycling rides so i want to know like some like one of the weirdest or funnest Ooh. craziest things y'all done and gotten into oh man good for me on the spot um we i don't know if it's it's not crazy but some of the just a, a running gag that we we have developed is uh is rock and roll mcdonald's which <laughs> okay is, more. Uh, somebody just yes. happened to notice that when you're stuck pumping up a tire that it uh sort of pretty much works perfectly to the wesley willis song rock and roll mcdonald's anyway if, if you haven't heard it go listen to it. i won't uh get a, you in copyright trouble or anything like that but okay. uh I, that was also a terrible version of it but uh so just it's 
we will just uh as somebody gets a flat or somebody the thing every time and now it's on instagram it's you post that video that clip over it um we literally will just start singing it to the person Amazing. that's pumping up the tire uh mess with them i mean we don't i don't know that we're too wild i mean we you know we there's some beverages involved usually in um uh we we do like sometimes we'll just like ride up to a liquor store and just like hang out in front of a liquor store with yes. uh, with our bikes which is usually a pretty fun thing um it always gets other people excited like oh what's going on here yeah like, yep. and you're like oh we're just riding bikes and drinking whatever we're drinking yeah, hanging out <laughs> yeah. um I, I would um, say it's more that uh you know it's uh i don't think we've had anything too too crazy i wish i wish i had that like amazing crazy story somebody streaking through the gorge naked or something like that nah we're now that you've spoken into existence, it could happen. Maybe now somebody we're will, manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of like beverages, and this gets into my next question. Um, but you guys have these amazing like oh uh, yeah, drink. I I don't even know what Heavy to call it. Or uh yeah, it's a it's a the actual product is a beverage buddy. I wish I could say that it was came from me wanting to invent something like that and then realizing it sort of already existed and you could put your logo on it. And so I just, just did it, <laughs> but That's so uh, cool though. yeah, no, we, we, people love those. Um, I, I think they might be our best selling product to be honest. It's at least definitely in terms of quantity, but, um, well, yeah, we'll include the, a link the, to that. Does it work? Like if you put the beverage buddy on and is it, does it snap onto a can? Is that kind of, how yeah. It works? So it snaps on the can and then it has a little lid that goes, I wish the lid lid. That's the one complaint. Beverage buddy, if you're listening, I wish the lid snapped up, like the, the little flippy part of it snapped on a little bit more firm because uh, if you have it like angled in this, in this uh, stem bag, it will kind of sometimes like catch on the lip and like snap off, mm -hmm. but it will keep it carbonated. So if you keep that thing on there, it will stay carbonated and uh, it's interchangeable. It works on any, all cans are pretty standard. I mean, if you have like a really big one or um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't drink. White claws. So I don't know if those have a smaller thing, but if they, they might not fit white claws, but any standard can they will snap onto and they glow in the dark. They have a little keychain thing to dangle on them. So that, nice. Um, but they have, and I, I get this from if you have a stem bag, you owe it to yourself to spend the dollar to buy this or two dollars, whatever I charge for them, because it will extend the life of your stem bag and it will smell significantly. I guarantee you, uh, 75% less beer stink on your, in your stem bag from this product. <laughs> we, we will definitely have a link to that in the show notes, um, or just go to partysizecycling.com. Um, but speaking of merch and you touched on this a little bit earlier, um, when I look at your website, you're super intentional about having bigger sizes. Yes. Um, and clearly you're super passionate about that. Um, but I know from sourcing, getting those bigger sizes can be a challenge. So yes. just talking about your process, how do you do it? Um, any advice for other folks who are making shirts and are like, I can't make, I can't get a two XL. It costs more. Right. Yeah. I know. I definitely want to get into that. That's thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, so yeah, five, I think five XL is, is, um, small through five XL is, is pretty much what I try to do for every shirt that we make, whether sweatshirt, t-shirt, whatever, um, which can be challenging. Right. So sometimes the, the biggest thing you run into a is some blanks do not go up to five XL. So, and I'm going to address, I think people that if you're, if you make shirts or if you print shirts for your shop or for whatever, like this, this is for you, 
you can print if you ask you just simply have to ask most printers will not offer this because they don't necessarily want to because it's a little bit harder for them but you can take the same logo they will charge you for one setup because the setup you're paying for is to make the screen they will you can put it on different garments so if you have a blank that goes up to 2xl you can still get say hey i want to offer up to 5xl what else do you have in this color that goes up to that they can usually do that and there's there at least the printer i use the printers i've used don't upcharge for that they will upcharge for the bigger size itself, but there's no upcharge for splitting it over multiple garments. You may lose a little price bake here and there, maybe depending on uh, what sort of volumes are. And you know, for 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 sake of scale, I'm dealing with like the 50 shirt range, right? Is usually what what our runs are. Um, so the, that's the other pain in the butt, though, is that the printers themselves get charged more for the blanks. The blank companies, your Gildans, your Comfort Colors, they are marking up these and going there. Printer's gonna slap on a markup and pass it along to you. you. What usually happens is people will slap that markup onto their product to the consumer. And what all that ends up meaning is that nobody carries beyond XL. And if you're lucky to XL, right? There, there's some simple math here, <laughs> which people would really uh, just think <laughs> through. So uh, I like to call it subsidized your big shirts with your small shirts. Meaning if you, let's say, let's say it's the worst, the worst one I've ever seen on a t-shirt was a $5 um, markup, right? From from a XL to a 5XL. And, and, and 2XL is not nearly as bad in, in, uh, as that. But so if you charge, an, so let's say you're doing a run of 100, if you charge an extra 60 cents for your small through XL to the customer, it will offset the increased cost of the, 2XL through the 5XL and you can charge the same price to a customer. And so if, every, if everybody from here up the supply chain started thinking like that, we could probably actually get it to the point because if there wasn't that cost increase, more people that make shirts would probably start making them on bigger size because there wouldn't be that barrier there, right? It's one of those things where, well, if you don't make them, nobody orders them. You don't, you know, nobody ever has them. So people aren't at that where 4XLs aren't always out looking for them until somebody like literally raised their hand and said, hey, this comes in 4XL. You're usually not checking. The, the last thing I have from a consumer perspective is if someone that you follow or a company that you like has a pre-order and they don't have your size, just simply reach out and ask. I have to, a couple shout outs. Uh, this is, I've been like a 75% hit rate on this. I specifically want to shout out like bicycle pubes, did it for me when I was like, hey, can you do put 3XL up on the pre-order? No problem. Um, Spindat did it for me. Bike Jerks, Jeff Lemire from um, A Million Things Wild and All City and all that. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few other people, but, uh, you know, and there's other people that are just doing it just because, right? Like Grizzly or Not A Race Team or um, you don't have to ask uh, for those things. And um, so, I, like... Between those two things, I think we could do a lot better at getting this out there. And I think, again, the price difference. So you will never, I, this is a promise. So we record this recording. I'm never going to charge more money for a 5XL than for a small. It's never going to happen through party side cycling. And I wish more companies took that stand. Yeah, that is the stand that we are attempting to take with all bodies on bikes. Um, and yeah. so um, sometimes I screw up when I'm, you know, going through the, the Shopify, whatever, and setting the price points. But yeah. my goal is price parity across the board That's because awesome. it already costs more to be fat. I know you mentioned you're doing like a. So is, there was a name for it, right? I'm sorry, shoot. I. No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Shh. 
Okay, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, no, so uh, I, I am working on like a separate company that would be separate than All Bodies on Bikes. Um, okay. That's for a separate podcast. But yes, um, Got it. same sorry. thing there. No, no, don't don't apologize. I thought you, I thought you had mentioned that. So. Sorry. I had mentioned a couple times, but the name yeah. has changed and who knows what we're making now. Um, okay. My, my new ambition is mountain bike knee pads. Um, okay. I just like... This is a total separate topic, but I don't I don't want to put crap into the universe because I can. Mm-hmm. I want to put out a product mm-hmm. that's actually needed and is going to be useful. And I keep coming back to mountain bike knee pads or just knee pads in general because I can't find any that fit. So mm-hmm. I've never um, actually shopped for them. So that's one thing that I know. I know the chest pads are impossible, but yep. I never really like the knee pads, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so who knows? Chest pads might be a second thing. Um but back to the back to the the apparel conversation. Um, mm-hmm. really love your advice just to reach out. I think, um, and I I was trying to approach this with empathy. I think folks who are doing this are not trying to leave us out. Those of us in bigger bodies, I think it's often um, they just they haven't lived in a bigger body themselves, so they just don't even think about it. Yeah. And cool, comes up to XL, great. Um, so it it does take that advo- advocating for yourself and just reaching out and asking for it. Yeah. And I think that is, it's just, they haven't thought about it and that's all it is. And they, to their mind, I, they probably don't realize there are people that are four uh, XL size that do or like, you know what I mean? Like, I think until you're up in that size range, it, that seems like a fictitious size <laughs> 100%. to an average bodied person. Right. So I think it is, uh, it is challenging. And I don't think, yeah, they're definitely not doing it on purpose. And there's no, and they might not be able to, like, they really truly like their, the quality of the garment that they're using may only come up to XL and they might not be willing to move to a different garment because they have a vision, they have a thing. And that's important to realize too, right? And that's mm-hmm. okay. And getting back to that conversation of it's okay to have different stuff for different people, right? Yeah. Like we just need a, a few more things for us, I think. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Oh, you are dropping so many truth bombs. I am so excited we had you on the show. Um, Because sometimes I feel like the squeaky wheel with all these things. So it's really nice to hear it from somebody else as well. I mean, I, I think it, I, sometimes I feel like this shouldn't need to be said. So I'm like, why, why are we, but you have to, um, I do. I, but I will say like as a larger bodied cyclist, I, I think this is, you know, this is one thing that might be different for male than female. I feel like I don't get as much of the negative stuff online that females do that. I see, I think that is a big, big difference. I think I've been very lucky. And that, or maybe just my audience is big enough that it's the only people that like me that are are checking me out, which, you know, that's a different conversation. But, um, you know, I, I think that that is, that is the one big difference between being a bigger male and a bigger female. I feel like the internet is much, much harsher to larger bodied females on, on the internet. I don't know where I was going with that, but. Yeah, I mean <laughs> especially when I step out of my little bubble, like I had that, the video of me crashing go viral. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my audience knows me, loves me, are very familiar with my capabilities. But as soon as other folks, especially the mountain bike bros, as soon as it became in their orbit, it was Mm -hmm. like, I feel sorry, but I feel bad for the bike. Surprised you didn't pop the airbag. Just like the most meanest, like vitriolic, like why is, why are these thoughts even crossing your brain? Like who hurt you? (laughs) Like really? But yeah, I don't know. I just try and ignore it. And it's not always. Well, I think easy. your friends, if you try to go for a bike ride with your friends, your friend friends that ride, I think what you find is most of them are just thrilled that you're there. They don't care how fast you're going. Never apologize for going slow. Like 
I know there are rides that I don't get invited to because they are going fast and that's fine. And they know that I don't have any interest in going that fast and I'm no, don't feel left out. And I'm happy that they have those rides for themselves also. But if they invite me for a ride, they know I'm going to go slow. So they know that they're going to be waiting. They know it's going to be a chill ride or they'll let me know like, Hey, this might be a little bit faster than you used to. I don't know if you want to come, but, but I think your friends can be amazing if you let them. Yeah. I think we are often, uh, what's that? There's a saying, shoot, what is it? Um, anyway <laughs> uh like a fool is a you can't free somebody from the chains that they love or something like that mm. it's a Voltaire saying I, i'm butchering it link that in the show notes too but <laughs> um you know but i think if you if you truly want to do this reach out to your friends first i think they will be more than happy to accommodate you and to encourage you and to do that but yeah don't ever apologize you know, for, for the way you're writing. Yeah. If you no apologies. Yeah. No apologies necessary. Um, I don't, I only accept apologies from people that have caused me physical harm. Sure. Yeah. 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 Or emotional harm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I usually just say if you've lit me on fire, but people have started looking at me weird. Like how many times has that happened to you? So I have to come up with a different way to say that. Has that ever That's, happened to you? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> That's you why I won't let anyone apologize to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, I don't have any more questions. Andrew, is there anything else you want to cover or want to make sure we talk about? Oh, I did that's a lie. I do have there's... two more questions, but we have the same two questions for everybody. Okay. But... Um, tandems. Tandems are cool. Ooh, Get tell us. I can Yeah. Who do you yeah. ride your tandem with? Uh, my my spouse, my wife. She she hates when I call her my spouse, or my partner. She wants okay. to be called her my wife, but uh, my wife Jen changed completely changed our our dynamic of cycling. She was was very afraid of riding traffic, uh, and also got an e bike recently. Got a cargo bike. Got yes, easy, and that thing has saved me like six car trips a week. Cannot say it enough. Uh, big person, small person, regardless, like that will change the way that you view a bike as a tool rather than leisure mm-hmm. or exercise or whatever it is transportation and it is 100% worth it go get an e-bike yeah yes love that love that maggie anything else to ask before we move to our final two questions i don't think so okay well before we lose the audience um andrew where can folks find you party size cycling instagram party.size.cycling partysizecycling.com pretty much the only two places that i exist online Awesome. Um, and yeah, check out their merch, um, especially if you're in a bigger body. Um, you guys have some really fun neon. Um, yes. Like- try to make everything fun, even though it's all like very metal themed and most of the inside jokes are like metal and hardcore related, but everything is very bright and fun color. So even if you're not into it, you should be yeah. into it. Exactly. You should be into it and get yourself a beverage buddy. Um, yes. Well, I will okay. be doing that. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about Maggie, Andrew, but Maggie is what I call a beverage goblin. Um, she always has like three to four beverages at all times like simpatico like yes at work today i had a cup of coffee a cup of water a Lacroix, (laughs) and a coconut water just lined up on the counter that is why i say beverages not just like it's not always just a beer it's not always just like it is just liquid yeah just some kind of liquid yeah at least two within arm's reach (laughs) at all time (laughs) okay cool well as we finish up um i'll ask first andrew what is your perfect day outside Ooh. um Perfect day outside would be, I think, ride to somewhere. I'm a big fan of like rides that have like a, a 
point that you ride to. So maybe a brewery, maybe a coffee shop or, mm-hmm. or a, uh, we did a really fun ride. That was like a poutine ride. <laughs> one time. So ride with a specific destination um, with no specific time that you have to be there. And 50% of that being non road surfaces. Mm. Nice. <laughs> yes. Love it. And then our last question, what do you wish more people asked you about, or what is something that you do or are into that you wish you got to talk about more? I am recently started working on some coding projects. Okay. That I'm, I'm not ready for people to ask me about yet, but I have some fun things that I think I'm, I'm working on that uh, stay tuned for that. So some, okay. Ooh. Some, maybe some Strava add-ons and potentially a, uh, a video game that I'm working on. Okay. Fun. <laughs> Can't Amazing. say too much. I don't want anybody to see my ideas. Right. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Well, hey, this has been an absolute joy. Um, nice to reconnect with you. We yeah. haven't really talked since the pan deep in the pandemic when yeah. we were zwifting away. Um, but maybe I'll pop into one of your virtual rides. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you too. Love to see you on there. Yeah, that sounds fun. anybody really, it's uh it's an open door. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for the good work that you're doing. Thanks for putting out the good Absolutely. vibes. You, and... you all both. I really have been appreciating the podcast and it's been a good listen. So thanks. Thanks. Really thrilled to be on it. Yeah. yeah. And thanks. Thanks for dropping all the truth bombs about clothes and wheels <laughs> and PSI and yeah. all the things. Really, really appreciate you. Thanks. So, yes. Cool. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. And yeah, we're grateful that you're here. Mm hmm. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Are you tired of getting caught in the rain with poorly fitting, flimsy rainwear? Well, let me introduce you to Cleverhood, makers of thoughtfully designed, durable, and size-inclusive rainwear. Cleverhood is designed by women, but is made for everyone who wants to embrace the elements and enjoy the ride, no matter the weather. Cleverhood was born out of the need to make rainy days into happy days, and with multiple choices of styles and sizes, all bodies can stay dry, visible, and happy. Maggie and I especially love their rain cape. Literally, the only thing you need to fit is the head hole. Otherwise, it just fits. It's so cute and functional, and I feel like a superhero when I ride my bike in it. All of Cleverhood's designs have reflective elements thoughtfully integrated, including an option to customize it with the All Bodies on Bikes logo. They're also sustainable, with most of their fabrics made from recycled fibers and PFC-free DWRs. Social sustainability matters to Cleverhood too, who, and they only work with certified producers who follow la- labor and environmental standards, and they give nearly 5% of their profits back to community organizations, including All Bodies on Bikes. So whether you're commuting on a dreary morning, walking your dog in the rain, or waiting for the bus, Cleverhood is a great option. And remember, you can use the code ALLWEATHER for 15% off of your order.